0: Welcome to The View from the Trenches, the show where we give listeners the rundown on all the latest action from the heart of the City of London. This month we'll be talking about two upcoming flotations that are about to breathe new life into the IPO market, and we'll also be updating listeners on all the latest small-cap action from the likes of GTech, Orphan, and DXS International. Here's the podcast, and I hope you enjoy listening. But before we get started, please take a few moments to listen to our disclaimer. The value of investments can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. The information in this podcast is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorised financial advisor. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future returns. Hi, welcome to the show, everybody. My name is James Fortner. I'm joined by Neil Pearson of Hybridan. Welcome to the show, Neil. Thanks, James. Good to have back. Right. Yeah, uh, good to
1: be back. <laughs> That's all as well.
0: So, coronavirus has infected the markets. How bad is it? <laughs>
1: oh God! <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not dead yet, um, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a worry, isn't it? You know, seeing yeah, how it is going to progress into a a full blown pandemic. But it was, it's, it's a bit the, these macro issues. I mean, it's, a, it's a bit like Brexit. You, you don't really know until you know how how bad it's going to be. And, and I think when, when hopefully there there is a you know a, a vaccine in, it is stopped from a a healthcare point of view, mm. the GDP issues, the business issues, the growth issues coming out of China and around the world, because essentially it's a hub, a global business mm. hub. I, I think we're, we're going to see those ramifications, you know, carry on long after the, the, the virus is gone. And I suppose, like,
0: because now we're so interconnected, I read that since 2003, the amount of flights has gone up tenfold and so the impacts on that, then the sort of travel um, industry and tourism and that, and that sort of thing in particular is going to be absolutely huge, isn't it? Oh yeah. I, I
1: mean, you're, you're probably looking at, I mean, looking at going to, to Italy in the, the summer, but probably hold off because the flights yeah. might just completely bomb right now, given mm-hmm. what's going on with coronavirus out in, in Italy right now.
0: And shares in EasyJet the other day went down about was it fifteen percent? Yeah, 15% or yeah something, one day? <laughs> Airlines
1: got hammered. You know, FTSE got hammered. Dow got hammered. Yeah. Um, I mean, these are. I think, you know, taking a hedge against big businesses that have got a huge exposure out there. And, you know, these, uh, I think Chinese workers are being forced, you know, back to work, work for Port saying when they're not ready. You know, people are being mm. infected and, and, and going back. But you say all about the press, about how this was suppressed by, you know, various doctors. But it really is a worry. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, yeah, there's going to be a, various stages that mm-hmm. we're going to see the, the full-blown effects of, of what it's going to have. I suppose
0: it's just too early to sort of call it at the moment oh, yeah. as to what the true sort of implications will be in the long term.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, moving on to something a little bit more positive, mm. um, we've got a couple of IPOs coming up soon.
1: Yeah. Some no, quite
0: sizable ones as well. Quite
1: sizable ones as well. We're quite excited about that. I mean, we had a couple of this year. Uh, I think Gemfields has been the most notable one. Um, that was an introduction uh, onto, onto AIM. Um, but two, two new exciting ones coming up one's a company called frp Ad- advisory they're in in corporate restructuring they're looking to raising about 80 million 20 million of that is is primary which which means that's new money going into the business the majority of that being being secondary shares so you know founder shares selling out which is fine We we don't mind that it's just when it's 100% secondary sell down like, yeah. like Aston Martin for example just mm. loads of people running from I don't know what happened to that one exactly <laughs> it, it doesn't bode very well but it bodes well when you've got 20 million of of new money going into the businesses as well. And we like to see a proper exit because an IPO, this is what it's all about, encouraging a sensible exit for founder shareholders whilst having a fresh injection of, of capital and really passing the baton on to new holders. So that's looking at coming up in about 190 million market cap. Investors will probably have heard of FRP from the work they did at um, Patisserie Valerie and uh, a few years ago Comet um, during their demise. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, a, it's a tough environment for for businesses so the work they do around corporate restructuring you know consultancy and helping investors in in wind-up situations i mean we had mother care and thomas cook last year government insolvency services they've risen to their their highest level in in seven years so the bill for them last year was about 346 million in, in redundancy payouts. so right. yeah you know, it's it's not a great yeah you you're kind of hoping for businesses to fail for frp to to succeed if, if mm-hmm. you know what i mean i mean mm-hmm. and that business does churn over a hell of a lot of cash. I mean they've got turnover fifty four million, profit of twenty-four. So they're they're looking at coming on around a yeah, you know, around eight times pbit on a yeah. on a multiple. So quite quite attractive. And it's quite a, a unique
0: business in terms of the little the listed alternatives on the markets at the moment. I think there's only is it Begbiz Trainer that's mm. sort of operating a similar kind of business model to to this one yeah at the
1: no it is. it is very niche mm-hmm. as well um, and, and I think that the, the valuation is 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 also representative of um, you know the bloodbath that's been on market something we spoke about in January mm. you know investors saying why should I pick up a you know a pay a high multiple for the added risk of an IPO when I can pick something up as cheap as chips on on market yeah. so it's uh, I think it's a sign of the times Um <laughs> I don't think it was, was was priced to go given the the money behind it, but it's uh, it, it's certainly got a good base to, to, to grow yeah. on. Yeah,
0: and it's an interesting one for for investors who might be worried about the the point that we're at in the cycle now. Obviously, it's it's a kind of a counter cyclical play, isn't it? So mm. it could be interesting from that perspective. Yeah,
1: no, I, I think the the problems of the you know the the retail sector. I think the yeah report said last year was the worst year they had in, in twenty five years. So I, I think the... Their pipeline is while FRP pipeline is uh, is going to remain to be be strong as you know the there are various sectors out there facing numerous challenges. Uh, And the next one um, is Inspects Group, Mm. and they're raising
0: ninety four million market capitalisation at one hundred (laughs) and thirty eight million.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Inspects, all things spec. So they do. um, I mean, it's it's been around for a, a number of years actually. So they they design and manufacture, distribute um, eyewear frames uh, for the likes of Superdry and, and O'Neill. So it's a, a very you know, easy to understand business. You know, in, in investors, I think, like these tangible businesses that you can go into a shop, you can experience a product, you yeah. use a product, you experience a service, you know, a, a bit like Tree. I, I think that's why these consumer uh, companies, they go so well, because it's not some far-flung biotech yeah. company or FRP, you know. Uh, you, you know, we would hope no one has a personal acquaintance with FRP, <laughs> but you know, a personal acquaintance with inspects is very probable. So, yeah, they're looking at raising ninety-four million, coming on at uh, one hundred and thirty-eight million market cap. That's expected, uh, I, I think, in the next next few days in mm-hmm. Feb. You know, another very well-established business, it's um, been around
0: since nineteen eighty-eight. So, yeah. so it's not a fly-by-night company. No,
1: it, exactly. So, <laughs> revenues are fifty-seven million. Yeah, for an EBITDA of uh, eleven, so a bit bit pricier on the um than yeah. the, the, the FRP, but it looks to have been uh, looks to have been covered. So it's yeah a, another one that's got some good growth potential. Um, I, I think yeah it's a very well established market, the glassware market. You don't see it going anywhere. It's not as you say a fly by night sector.
0: And one of the interesting things about that one was I read that the the, the chairman is a guy called Ian McLaurin.
1: Yeah, the Tesco um, served
0: as yeah uh, chairman of Tesco back in the eighties, nineties. Yeah. so he's you know he's got some heavy hitters. Exactly, the you know, you, you know
1: vast majority of these businesses, you you've got to look at the the, the, the chap at the top, so and, and see what kind of uh, experience they have. So um, yeah, he's he certainly ticks all the right boxes in yeah. in, in that regard.
0: And just moving on to companies that are already on the market mm. that have had some interesting activity, of like DXS International, that's a next exchange listed provider of clinical support services to GPs and pharmacies and the like. Mm. Yeah, I and mean, that, that
1: just completed a placing. Exactly, yeah. So that uh, really coming out that one of the themes we talked about in, you know, last month around health tech, you know, kind of really thinking it's going to be the year for that because there's. You know a, a lot of buzz around the innovation and the kind of the where the the crossover is between um, healthcare and um and technology is becoming increasingly intertwined so you know dxs company we, we came across last year we, we we do really like next it's it's obviously had its problems with issues of liquidity yeah you know, we hope with the aqua deal hopefully going through that that will change and they'll start spending more time with investors and, mm. and market makers rather than just companies and um and and advisors. So, but with that issue of liquidity, you do get some mispriced valuations in there. And we think DXS is is certainly one of them. Yeah. Three and a half million market cap. It's got three and a half million in revenues. It's profitable. You know, very high values to entry. They're one of the very few NHS accredited suppliers of um, decision support tools to, to GPs. So what they do is they provide treatment guidelines to doctors and nurses to help them increase the accuracy of, of diagnosing areas such as hypertension. They're probably looking to expand out to various areas of, of COPD as well. So some good market penetration. They're in about 2,000 GP practices across the UK. There's about 9,000 in, in total. And investors, you know, when you when you hear this space, tech GP, you normally think EMIS, which is the big 800 million pound gorilla. But I think really, you know, DXS is, is really one to watch given its size. Uh, they set out a raising half a million. That was that was covered well and truly. They raised over a million and attracting some very um, you know serious institutional VCT in, investors, which was very good to see. Yeah, and um, another one that might be uh, of interest at the moment,
0: given the situation with coronavirus, is Open Orphan.
1: Yeah. So yeah, they they did a five million um, placing re- recently um, that really came off the back of the coming together of two businesses, Hvivo and. What was then Venn Life Sciences? I think investors normally are quite concerned when two poorly performing businesses coming together. But the chat behind it, Carl Phil has has done this, you know, many times over mm-hmm. in terms of restructuring businesses, putting his own money behind it and, and kind of leading from the front. And I think you know when he did this first raise at Open Orphan last summer, he, he attracted a lot of support for people that he had done very well out of in in the past. So yeah, you're you're right, H, H- Vivo. You know, they specialise on the, the viral challenge studies. So they, you know they've they've got like a an illness hotel in East London where they you know pay people a small fortune to be locked away for a few weeks. And that's uh, that's the the
0: only twenty four bedroom quarantine clinic in Europe. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it, exactly. But that you know that thing you know did have some some very good assets within it. But it was a uh, that was another Woodford one. You know, it had a cost base that was was running away like a runaway freight train. And then as well, you know, that was a, that had a business. That had some good clients doing some very good specialist work in the orphan space with uh, uh, drug development And, and so just
0: like for people who aren't sort of familiar with, with uh, the terminology, here, what, mm. what do we mean by orphan drugs?
1: So orphan drugs is for a uh, disease that has a very serious unmet medical need. So very specialised. The, the FDA, which is the, the big regulating body out in the U.S., they would uh, fast track these drugs, so they put them on a more specialised and streamlined process to get approval, because there is severe and met- un- you know, unmet medical need. That there's not there's a very serious illness, but there's very little or if not no drugs to, to cater for that. So mm-hmm. they they look to cater that. So a a company that's looking to get a take a drug orphan drug through phase two, they would would have called up orphan open orphan then. And ask for consultancy services to help with the trial design to increase their chances of, mm. of, of getting approval. So putting HVivo and Venn together, there's going to be a lot of a lot of synergies. You know, it's creating a business that's got 30 million of revenues, 30 million market cap. Mm. All the costs been stripped way back. So and and you know, Carl's got some very um ambitious plans for the company. Mm. You know, he's not looking to sit on it for a long period of time, so he'd probably be looking to uh, doing a deal in the in the median term. So, again, one certainly one to watch and in a very topical space, as you say.
0: And interesting to see that the shares haven't really moved lately, given especially what's what's going on at the moment. You'd, you'd expect a lot more attention for the company at the moment, given the coronavirus issue.
1: Yeah, but I, I think a lot of that would be quite unsubstantiated. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's it would be good to see. This, this thing's always been very reactive to, to, to solid news, which has been good to see. You know, I, I think, yes, it is focusing on coronavirus and there are some I think some some synergy and can draw some parallels mm. but I'd much rather see you know the, the guys haven't had the cash for you know just just a few weeks you know probably strategizing locking down on meaningful contracts you know and, and when those are announced I'd, I'd expect the shares to to re- rebound on substance rather than I, I guess some loose parallels on on the coronavirus
0: so definitely want to buy on your watch list mm. yeah and the next one Gtech which I'm familiar with from my chair tips days. oh right oh god yeah <laughs> and that's a company that's, that specializes in the provision of geospatial modeling products mm. first, particularly for the oil and gas sector obviously that sector has had a bit of a tough time lately so what's what is it to like about this company at the moment
1: so the, the reason why I quite like Gtech and and it's it's not so much the the sector it's just very much under the theme that we talked about in, in January, whereby the, the market does not differentiate when a company announces a contract being cancelled and a contract being delayed. Two very different circumstances. Mm. But unfortunately, both equal a profits warning. And, and that's what what happened to, to GTEC. So you're, you're you're right. Very you're, lumpy contracts exactly. right in this business. Exactly. So um, when you're going through a period of transition in, and transitioning the business model, which the the management team have done very well, because if you read the the update in January, it actually read very well. Mm. But yeah, you're you're right. They provide very specialised data and and helping predominantly natural resource companies and governments as well, working with governments such as Sierra Leone, mm. really apply a belts and braces approach to exploration program. I mean, they are they have a wealth of data, uh, and the way they apply that data is very methodical, consulting like in helping minimize the risk involved in, in exploration just yeah. trying to take the guesswork out of it. So their magnetic data would be used by an oil and gas company to kind of complement their own existing exploration techniques. But yeah, as I said, they're, they're sitting on you know, over three million of cash by the end of the year. Their order yeah, book grew What's the market cap? Oh uh, market cap seven and a half million. Right. So their order book grew by just fifty like percent, huge focusing on recurring revenues. So we're gonna see less lumpy contracts going forward. Mm. But unfortunately with those lumpy contracts or the the ongoing negotiation of those contracts shifted from out of the accounting period into into this year but we're still looking at you know revenues for the full year have been around six million and an EBITDA of six to, to 800k so yeah I think it's been massively overblown it's kind of drifted off um, since uh, since the, the, the profit warning but going forward yeah we're seeing a lot of uh, I think the, the growth prospects are, are looking strong and the main thing in this environment still is cash and yeah. those guys are sitting on it which is good
0: and presumably as sort of capex budgets begin to inflate again in the sector as I mean there's surely likely to do that over you know the next few years given the knee jerk reaction during the, the sort of recession in that sector Gtech can grow along with that can't
1: it yeah no exactly and you know it's, it's they can diversify out to, to, to other sectors uh, you know and we, we just think of I get, I think, oil and gas exploration at the junior end of the market, which which does is, is highly affected by the by the oil price. But you know, if you look at, they work for the who's who in the in in the exploration sector. Yeah. yeah, and regardless of the environment, these guys still have to be exploring. They they can't just do nothing. But with the juniors, which they don't really tend to work with, those guys need to raise cash to explore. And if the oil price isn't great, investors won't put their money in, so those guys can't explore and it's kind of a, a standstill approach. But the the kind of the big blue chip oil and gas producers that they work with, they, they need to keep on exploring, otherwise they'll just get left behind.
0: Okay, I think that's plenty for listeners to get to grips with there. Neil, thanks very much. No, pleasure. Don't forget, you can access more great content, including Master Investor Magazine at masterinvestor.co.uk. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can support us by hitting the subscribe button and by leaving a review. If you've got any suggestions about who you'd like us to interview or topics you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at info at masterinvestor.co.uk. Thanks for listening.